Oh, goodness. Well, it's been a few weeks and I um, have been eating skinny crisps. Um, I love skinny crisps. I'll tell you my favorite uh, flavors of skinny crisps is the chocolate chip brownie and chocolate mint crisps. So these little crackers are so awesome because they're gluten-free, low-carb, high-fiber, baked, vegan, and they have no trans fat. And they actually only have one net carb per cracker. Uh, I love the sweet ones because I use them as a snack. I've gotten really fat because of COVID. I'm going to just blame COVID. I'm not sure that's really the truth, but I'm just going to say that. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So I'm eating skinny crisps <laughs> to try to get some weight off. Uh, I like them, uh, the traditional cracker flavors that they have. I like them with cheese or coffee. Um, it's, it's a great alternative, uh, for a treat if you're on a low carb diet. Uh, anyway, some of their flavors, so you guys know, is plain Jane, toasty onion, toasted sesame, seeded, which has fennel, black and white sesame, whole shebang, which is an everything bagel type taste. Cinnamon crisps and my favorite chocolate chip brownie crisp and chocolate mint crisps. You are not going to believe the brownie crisp. I swear to you. I, I like ate it. It's like eating a brownie, but it's a cracker. I don't know how to explain it to you guys, but it's if you're on a low carb diet and you're looking for a treat, it's a great treat. There's also a little cool thing about it that the owner of the company told me, which is they use such high quality ingredients and it's so high in fiber that if you just eat, uh, you know, three or four crackers, it will actually subside your hunger. So that's kind of nice. You could use them as a way to kind of not overeat too. Anyway, you can get Skinny Crisps at www.skinnycrisps.com. That's S-K-I-N-N-Y-C-R-I-S-P-S dot com. And you can, I think, get them at Walmart. So how about that? Okay. If you have any questions about Skinny Chris, just DM me. Come on, bitch, 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 let's go. Come on. Get, get, get ready, bitches. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm good. I, I I called Eric and I asked him to join us on the pod today, you know, from Are You Bravo Bro, mm-hmm. my, my pal on Instagram and and my pal in real life now. And uh, I had to ask Eric for some help because I listened to all the interviews that Koa has done in the last like I don't know, week with like page six and, you know, our pal David from behind the velvet rope. Um, and I just am not getting the answers that I need, you know? So it's like, Co is not really giving it. He's sort of giving it and Jen isn't really giving it. So like, I don't know what's happening and I need to understand it. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So I called Eric cause he's got a lot of insight from, you know, his early experiences with Jen on this and, He also had some information or some other stuff that he wanted to share. So I was like, we might as well uh, talk about that at the same time and hear that gossip. So, because I'm really trying to come up with like, you know, what the hell happened here? Sure. 
And, and this is in relationship to a bunch of, um, videos and voicemails that came out where Jen Shaw is apparently berating, um, Koa. And initially what happened, uh, Koa is her fashion designer. It, it would appear since like, I don't know, summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also from Hawaii and I, I don't know how they met, but maybe Eric does, but, but basically he was going to run her fashion company, um, JX, uh, well, Eric will tell us, but JX something I think is the name of the fashion company. And, uh, they had some sort of falling out, which no one seems to know the context of, which I'm trying to get to the bottom of today. And, you know, she berated him in these recorded like voices that were like in a room or something. And then her, her people started coming out and saying it wasn't her and, you know, wasn't real and all this crap. And then uh, a video emerged that showed Jen actually doing it, like actually screaming at Koa. (laughs) I love it when people get caught in a lie like that. So it was kind of like, holy, holy moly. But, uh, you know, as always, there's two sides of every story. So, um, Let's go ahead and get Eric on the line. I'm back. <laughs> I do feel like that's the way you should come on. <laughs> yeah. I um, am so grateful for you to come on and help me because I was really still feeling so um, not at peace that I understood the whole situation around these, that video that Jen's berating Koa and. Well, it wasn't just Koa. It was like, there's other staff members there, part of her Shaw squad. It was her other former assistant. Savannah was the female voice in the video. So there were other employees. It wasn't just Koa. She was, um, berating multiple people in that video. And Koa handled this shit. No, not that. Fucking handle it. Fucking don't have a fucking attitude with me. So, um, yeah, I think that the one that you're referring to um, was in reference to her reunion dress. And from my knowledge and what I know is that um, she, Koa had said, made a statement on Instagram saying that he was waiting for the funds to uh, get approved on the credit card in order to purchase like some of the fabrics, some of the materials. And that was the holdup that was out of his control. And just from what I've witnessed, like, I mean, Koa was just, he was more than just a designer and a friend and an assistant. I mean, he was running so many different aspects of her business and of Jen and was just being pulled in so many directions. And I think because of your podcast and, you know, me speaking out about my experience with her, I think other people are now willing to, you know, expose the real Jen Shaw. Well, I mean, and and that's another thing, right? Like uh, there's been a lot of um, speculation on who released these videos and voices. Like Co has already said, I did not have anything to do with it. Um, I don't, the assistant didn't, I don't think take a position on it. And, you know, and then, 
you know, the, the social influencers are very anonymous. You know, there's been a lot of speculation on who released the video and, you know, these audios of Jen screaming and, um, you know, one person that, that one social influencer that's very anonymous was Realty or Reality Von Tees too. Yes. And so I think a lot of people were wondering, is that like, who is that? And I, I'm sure you don't know, but I mean, a lot of people might've thought that was you. So what do you think about that? <laughs> people do think it's me. I get so many messages. Like I've gotten so much hate because of it. And people have just been, you know, turning on me. They think it's me. All I can say is that after I did your podcast, I got hundreds of messages from people just saying, thank you for sharing your experience who also had a similar experience. And this one anonymous profile hit me up. It was, there was no profile picture. They were like, they, I was going to delete the message, but luckily I read it and they were like, you know, your podcast with Dana was amazing. I can't share my, um, information, but like, just, I have so much tea. And so we started talking and they sent me those recordings and then they unsent them. So I didn't have a chance to record them, but they sent them to me and they said, you know, they wanted to get it out there. They wanted to expose Jen. And I think it was somebody that used to work for her and is now working for one of the other housewives from what I can, can gather. So I think that's why they're trying to stay anonymous. And yeah, I mean, I don't have any affiliation with them. I did. I mean, I, I reshare. I would have, cause if you, I would have killed you if you hadn't shared that shit with me right I know. Away. Oh, I would have, you were the first, you would have been the first person I would have sent it to. Like, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. no. So then the next day, like I woke up, they deleted all the messages and then the profile was gone. Like it said, uh, like unknown user couldn't even find them. And then two days later, I get a bunch of tags. I think it was your birthday and you yeah. were in my, I was tagging you. They get, I get a bunch of tags from them. They're like this random profile sends me them. And it was reality Von Tees. And then they made reality Von Tees too, because they got taken down. They got flagged for bullying. So I think the Shaw sheep were still, <laughs> you know, diehard Jen at the time. They've obviously converted, but I think most of them were flagging it at first. And then once the well, videos and, and there out. was like a, another uh, profile someone created called the Shaw Sheep that was also posting it, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I thought I know I think that was so someone's definitely either impersonating me or trying to make it look as if it was me, but it's not. Um, and you even told me too, Co has got some really like diehard fans and friends that you know think he's amazing, and I think. And maybe it's one of them. I mean, maybe he had those recordings. It has to be somebody in her inner circle. You don't just get that. I mean, her. it wasn't a security system that was hacked, like she's saying, because she sent out a cease and desist, and I got one at Are You Bravo, Bro? And I'm like, I'm not even affiliated with any of these pages. Like, I don't know why I'm getting a cease and desist, because they have nothing to do with me. I'm actually surprised Dana hasn't gotten any cease and desists from anyone. Yeah. Well, it was, have you gotten mine an, yet, Dana? <laughs> no. It was an Instagram. No, no Casey, I I haven't received your cease and desist yet, oh. love. But I'm okay. I'm I've got my eyes peeled for it, yeah. honey. Mm-hmm. 
I, I well, like soon there'll be a berating video of me and and, and Casey. Wait, that would be amazing. Should we just stage that? Oh just my God. have like <laughs> no, we have to. I'll release it. On- we'll have to do that. We will release it. Let me release it. No, you yeah, it's totally perfect. <laughs> Eric will release it. And I'll be like, after all the things I've said, and like I'm such a hypocrite that I'm like, God damn it, Casey, you fucking asshole. <laughs> and we could put sound effects in it too, like pots banging and like you're throwing yes. Here's the thing. I heard Koa is uh working for both Meredith and Heather now. So That's true. I, yeah, so I know um, you know, he's gonna end up okay uh on that front. <laughs> so I'm pretty Oh, sure. for sure. I put that together, by the way, when he went on Behind the Velvet Rope and not my show, because Heather and um, and uh, Whitney went on his show and then Koa goes on right after. So I'm like, they must have, <laughs> they, they like somehow said, like, go on, go on David's show. It's it's like safer than Dana's show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I'm cool. I won't hold that against Koa. Um, so here's the thing, right? We know that on Koa's Instagram feed, okay, Jen drops off in November, okay? So if you go to Koa's feed right now and you check out his feed, the last picture in his feed is, uh, I think, from November 2020 of Jen. But I was, he didn't unfollow her until very recently. Well, that I know, but the last picture of support. Of her, right. Like, let's be clear. This guy is a designer and he's a very flamboyant designer. So I'd say he's probably very sweet and temperamental. And I I would say that he wasn't promoting her after they had like, it wasn't going well. Like that would be like you promoting me if we had a fight. Would you promote me at all? No. No. You'd be like, (laughs) fuck you, bitch. I know. And you you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. So there's no way that you would put her on after they had a falling out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's when it started. And that's when he says that she stopped paying him like for a while. So. Yeah. The the last one I see, the last one I see is watch what happens live suit from November 13th, 2020. Yes. Okay. And that's it. And I don't care if he follows or not. He doesn't really promote it. And then he does a statement on his, um, his Instagram, which I'll read for everybody. And it says, I don't know who released the audio. This is Koa. But I'm glad they did because now I feel like I can finally speak about my experience. I've been protecting this woman for way too long. Let's state facts. Number one, I was brought to Utah to design custom couture and gowns for Jen Shaw. Number two, in the 10 months I spent working, I have been verbally assaulted. I had to walk all hours through the night, mostly unpaid. Number three, I had to tiptoe around a hostile work environment in an attempt to preserve my mental health and well-being. (laughs) Good luck with that. Four, (laughs) the last payment that I received for my previous employer was in September, even though I continued working through January. Hmm. Mm -hmm. My art is the only thing that I have to show for my time here in Utah. What we're not going to do is come for that. Enough in this situation has already been taken away from me. My creativity and my work is where I draw the line and anyone in the art community would understand that. At Mr. Merlo Bueno did, did not design that piece. He holds 
trains. I design them. Respect the difference. Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So what? So you know about that guy carrying that shit, the dress, yeah. right? So how Koa got hired was Jen reached out to him. I think somehow on Facebook she had like connected with him and seen his work, and she wanted him to come work for her. And so he came in and he was an assistant for the guy who started making her outfits in the very beginning of the season. So that guy didn't end up working out and Koa took over and they bring in this other guy who is working under Koa, who is like, you know, an intern slash whatever. I mean, she doesn't pay anybody. So whatever title you give them, it doesn't really fucking matter. Like they could be whoever. So I mean, so he's helping out Koa with the designs. He's not making them. Like, I mean, he's doing some of the sewing. He's doing, like, Koa's sketching. He's got the vision. He's making it. And so Jen, because Koa has, you know, obviously departed from her Shaw squad, she's promoted this loser to make her designs now. And they're saying she changed all of her Instagram stuff to credit him as the designer and took Koa out of all of it on that profile JXA fashion, which also hasn't been posting that often either. But um, so now they're crediting this other guy and Koa was the one who did all the work. And so she like edited all of her posts that she did and credited this guy as her designer. And now they're like, she's so unbothered on Instagram and hanging out with this guy and all this other shit. And it's just like, it's so fake and the guy can't design and Koa was the one that was doing it. And she's just completely dismissing it. Just like she is all of the the videos and everything that's come out. Okay. So I have another question for you. Um, Why the hell would this be about the reunion dress? I really, I, I, I desperately seeked the date of the reunion because I was trying to figure out if this truly was about the reunion dress. Can I tell you why? Mm -hmm. Can I tell you why? Because when you look at Jen's feed, she has this dress that is like designed by Koa. That's gorgeous uh, for new year's Eve. Okay. The dress would be perfect for the fucking reunion. And no one, frankly, would have given a shit about, you know, like her New Year's dress, to be honest. It wasn't on the show or anything. So like, I just am not buying, and, and it looks just like the reunion dress. It isn't the reunion dress, but it looks exactly like it. Except honestly, her her um, New Year's dress is better than the reunion dress. I wasn't a big fan of that one. I wasn't so, either. <laughs> yeah, like the, the New Year's one has like the full, um, those feathers all the way up to the, waste and it's way more glamorous than the one right. that just had like a trace of them at the bottom on the reunion. Yeah. So so I'm I'm thinking to myself like why wouldn't she just grab that one? <laughs> you know what I'm saying that looks almost exactly like it. Right. And reaccessorize it for the reunion like I don't believe that this kind of berating is because of that. I think it was so much so much more than that. I think tension was brewing for so long. I think when you know, she's obviously seen her social media blow up. She's getting tons of affirmation. I think she wants what she wants. And if she wants a fucking new dress for the reunion and she wants you to do it in 24 hours, that's what Jen wants. And she wants you to make it happen. And I know Koa was able to do that with other dresses, but it's always dependent on fabric, like 
there's so many other things that go into it. And it, I mean, these things take time. I think that she, for the reunion, I think it was just, I mean, she's a monster. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Honestly, she, I think that's just how she is. She would have done it. It doesn't matter if she could have used another dress, which you're right. It, that one looked way better than the reunion one. I, I don't understand it's, it. It's so weird. And this whole concept of her, like Koa running onto the plane with the dress, like, did that happen? No, he went to New York with her. He was in New York with her. So like, how the, why is page six saying after Jen did this interview that like she w- he was like running in like with sweat dripping down his forehead onto the plane? I mean, like, yeah, she spun it whatever way she wanted to spin it to make it in her favor. But no, he was there. I, he was in New York. He went to the reunion with her. And what did you think of Coach Shaw in the video in the background? Clearly just like watching it happen. Did I think he, he did. I think he just didn't even know what to do. Like, I think that's, I think that's how Jen is behind the scenes. I mean, and yeah, I mean, he seemed super, like he seemed concerned, but he also was scared. Like <laughs> he was trying to calm her down, but you can't, he didn't want to like, you know, upset her further. And I think that was like the real telling part. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, me, me. We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta lie, play don't play with it. No. Take that shit serious. Yeah, well, it reminded me a little bit of the scene where she throws the glass, and she obviously had to that scene where she throws a glass in season one. I think, you know, she obviously had to tap her temper to do Mm -hmm. it right Mm -hmm. and then she kind of like goes off the deep end and he can't control her there either so what we're really seeing behind this is that there's this potential that that's like a real thing in their relationship you know and and when remember when he fucked off for a few days and he didn't call her maybe that was because she she did that on tv and you see her son in that that scene he like walks by he's like oh like you see his he like cringes and like while he's like shocked and doesn't know what to do like and I think that's why a hundred percent there's, I don't know if you heard this, but there was allegations that he was cheating on her, that he, they have an open marriage or he's got a girlfriend somewhere else. Like, I don't no, know if you heard. No, tell me these gossipy rumors. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. I don't, I, someone posted about it on Instagram. It was saying that he, they have like an open marriage and he, that's why he like, he travels all the time and he's just got a girlfriend in another, wherever he is. I don't know. Like that's. I'm not just putting that out there. I swear. No, somebody... no, I believe you. I believe okay. you. It was somebody had slid into her DMs or something and she like reposted the thing. It's like, and it was like a screenshot of the message from somebody saying that they were like a girlfriend of or a person affiliated with him. Wow. Well, that would make sense. Most, I mean, my ex, when he was cheating on me and had a double life, he left town a lot. 
He was gone all the time. Like it was, he had investment meetings, like coming out of his asshole. Okay. <laughs> like for weeks he was gone. He was like, Oh my God. I remember on Thanksgiving, he was like, I have an emergency investor meeting in Vegas, but he was really driving like two hours down the street to fuck his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I believe this terrible, but true. What the hell was the thing on Van Teese's page about the drugs, the pills? Did you see this? I she did. Has, what yeah, was she- that? I was like, what is she talking about? So Jen made Koa take a drug test because she was saying that he was act, he was off and he was like, he was just fatigued. He was overworked. He was like pushed to beyond his breaking point. Like, so it was a copy of his drug test that he had passed that it said like, there were no narcotics, no nothing like, but he took one because she was trying to say she's Jen has been feeding these blogs and feeding these little influencers, like all this information, like <laughs> shit. So they're, they're out there stampeding and they're calling him a drug addict. And she's saying one, she's saying she, he stole from her. Then she's saying, Oh, he had a drug problem. Then like, I mean, there's just a million excuses for what she's just trying to, you know, detract from what's really happening. Um, but so he took a drug test and passed it. And uh, he showed the results. Like he was like, I'm obviously not on drugs. And what was the pills? There were like pill bottles. What was that? She don't. So she had sent that to another page and saying like, oh, he stole my medicine. Like he was taking my pills, like that kind of stuff. Jen sent a picture of an empty pill bottle and sent it to someone. She said that there's a, she told all these pages that there's like an open investigation in Utah and that she's like filed police reports against him for stealing. And he took her, her, her medication, like all this shit. So I just, it's crazy. <laughs> so he took a drug test to show her, like, I didn't t- like, I don't have any of your stuff. Like what I didn't take it. Was she on or is she on? Do we know? What kind of pill she's taking? Um, I know she said she's on antidepressants. I think she, which you shouldn't be drinking on antidepressants. Do we not? Do we, can we agree on that or no? Absolutely. Oh, I have a lot of friends who drink on antidepressants. Well, you know, I mean, mean, that's, but they could probably like, you're not, look, everybody does what they're not supposed to do. Okay. (laughs) But you're not supposed to. If you were really serious about your mental health and you're using your mental health as an excuse for your behavior, if you're very serious about your mental health, then you shouldn't be drinking. If you suffer from bipolar depression and whatever, it is not recommended for you to drink alcohol because that's how you switch and you turn into a monster. So for somebody like Jen and you're, if you're on medicine, whatever, you shouldn't be drinking at all. Like they don't mix well. And so, I mean, that's why her behavior is so erratic and out of control. I think, I mean, when you involve alcohol with anything, you're just, you know. Well, who's, okay, let me ask you a question. I heard Jen Shaw has some fake accounts that she like is behind. You know what I mean? Like she's the person using these accounts. Oh, you mean like the Shaw Squad ones? No, Salt Lake, yeah, yeah, Salt Lake City was one I heard like, um, I don't know, like one of my fans reached out and said like the the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was, she thought, Jen, really. And that was because she got like attacked <laughs> by that. Would, well, no, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Lisa because Lisa has 
I know for a fact Lisa has all of her um, fan accounts. Those are definitely Lisa. And I think that- Wait, so Lisa are- who? Lisa Barlow. Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> I swear. Are you shitting me? Lisa Barlow set up fan accounts? I think her fan, I think that her fan accounts are actually her. I don't believe that any of them are anybody else <laughs> but her. And I think Jen did the same thing too. There was like six, there's like six Shaw squad, six Jen. Like, I think she was behind at least a couple of them in the beginning. Like, um, I mean, I think they have interns and assistants. They have other people running them, but I think they are behind those profiles for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jen or Lisa because they're so far up each other's ass. Well, I, I, I saw everything housewives. I don't know if that's, is that like, do you know? That's one of the blogs that I think Jen's feeding to. And I think they're so desperate for attention that they're just, they've tagged me and stuff. I'm like, girl, I don't want to be involved in any of this shit. I don't know who you are. I don't want to talk to you. She's like, I'm like, she's attacked me so many times. And I don't know who that, like everything. I don't know who they are or why they, but I know Jen for, she's like sent screenshots from Jen, giving her like this information. It's like, well, she, so, so what she did or whoever this is, everything housewives posted these text messages that supposedly purportedly were in Koa John, uh, Koa Johnson's account or comments under his photos. Now I haven't verified this, but what they are is like people complaining. One person is, I'll just read, you know, one of them. You feel blessed that you ripped me and my husband off $3,000 and ran to New York. I came back on social media just to hunt you down and let everybody know how you stood us up on my wedding dress. I hope you feel good knowing that you just ruined it for me and made me cancel my damn wedding reception because you chose to take our Kalala and Dash. I gave you chances, Koa, and you chose the low road and ghost us. So here it is. Stacy girl wants her Kaya back. No more being nice and cordial and trying to not make waves. Money back now. That was one. Let me give you another one. Oh, so here's where our money went for that same, the gown that you showed us that you was making for my wedding reception day that never happened because you ripped me off. Koa and I are very, I are very disappointed in you for ripping us off and we want our money back. I will be continuing this public announcement on everybody's posts until you stop ghosting us and take care of the 3000 that you owe us. Malama, your Kuliana bra. Go ahead and keep stealing from other Hawaiians. Now you stole from the wrong ones. I'll be waiting. So it seems like it's one person, actually. It's one person who is upset that they didn't get something from Koa to do with their wedding from Hawaii. So uh, that that's saying that maybe Koa stole from them. Uh, what do you think of that? Um, I don't know. I think that it's possible. I think there's always a possibility. I don't have enough proof or evidence. I think people can make up anything on the internet. They can, there's no time and date stamps. There's like things that are just, they're, I mean, they seem doctored, whatever they put out, but I don't know. But I mean, Koa did delete his Facebook. So for whatever reason, there's no thread to any of those messages. So I can't confirm and say, yeah, that's, you know, from whatever date. But I mean, it's possible. Do I think 
personally that he would do that. I don't, I don't know him well enough like that, but I think he was trying to put his best foot forward for Jen. And I don't think that he would be stealing from her just given the fact that, you know, she wasn't even paying him what's there to steal at that point. I mean, I want to say too, I, I recant what I said on your last podcast. I thought Jen was fake firing Koa that day when she like sent that group message and she was like acting so erratic. I literally thought that was, it was so unbelievable to me that I thought that he was like, and I didn't realize that that was like what she was doing. And she was like abusing him at the time and using him to as a scapegoat for the situation. He was actually trying to help. And we, I reached out to him after and I said, I, I apologize for um, think miss, you know, misjudging the situation I definitely thought that I mean it was just so unbelievable I couldn't think that Jen was like really being like that I thought I was like you're you're joking right like this can't be real and I realized that when those pages were bullying me Koa was actually standing up for me so I just I know what did Koa do tell us okay because I don't know Koa he wrote a very nice politically correct message to me um and that was it. Like, that's all I got from Koa. So I wasn't mm-hmm. sure because he's very generic. That's like a generic thing. <laughs> like, I, it was like a generic toilet paper response. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. So I'm really sorry. But I was like, I have no, I like don't understand. I don't get it. So tell me, I mean, I, I loved, okay. Tell me what you know, like what's Koa like? And I mean, really like from what you've had some encounters with, because on interviews, he's going to be on his best behavior. So what do you think? I mean, I think he's really sweet. I think he's a really good person. I really, I think I've gotten good vibes from him. I never felt like, you know, anything negative. Okay. All right. And you're tough. And I am tough. tough. You are tough. I know. And he never, like, I never got that. Like with Jen, I was like always skeptical because I'm just like, this is weird. Um, But with Koa and, you know, he said in that situation, like he knew that like what those pages had done to me was wrong. And he was really trying to rectify the situation. I think he brought it to Jen's attention. He did it. He said it to her. And I think she just didn't give a shit. She just wanted to, uh, you know, get her name out there and use that traction on social media which is funny because those are the pages that fucking turned on her now that the truth has come out oh what and was that truth because casey doesn't know i do but you tell casey Give it to i me. mean just just her talking negatively about all those pages and you're seeing her on these um hold on sorry can we pause for a second mm-hmm. wait why does it say jen shaw's on here Because I changed my name to Jen Shaw. <laughs> you scared oh, the fuck sh- off. What is wrong with you, Casey? Out of me, Casey. You're such an me. asshole. <laughs> oh, my God, Eric. I'm so sorry. Casey, I, that Casey. is not. Hold on. That is not fucking professional. I'm going <laughs> to kick your ass. I am, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it just popped up on my phone. It said Jen Shaw muted. I was like, Jen Shaw's on. Shut the fuck up. <sighs> I'm dead oh Um, my god what was the question (laughs) (laughs) tell casey why uh the the shot the original strong supporters of jen shaw on instagram turned on her 
and what caused that turning. I think he'd be interested, I know. Yeah, well, since the reunion and Heather blurted out everything that I said to her and that I had showed her, she said that. I think that was part one of the validation. And then seeing Jen make those comments about trannies and calling Heather those comments and then just, I mean, her berating her staff, everybody is like, wow, I can't stand behind her. And so those were the first people to flock away. I'm out. <laughs> How do you recover? And she needs to be held accountable first and foremost. What I think is disgusting is the Shaw sheep that are still behind her saying that her actions are boss behavior and that she's just being a boss and a, you know, girl power and Black Lives Matter and all this other bullshit. And they're saying that she's being bullied. And it's like, this is not bullied. It's not being bullying. Like this Wait, is I don't understand. How is she being bullied? All someone did is show her voice recordings and a video where she's doing it herself. So how the hell is she being bullied? They're just showing it. It's that, right? Those are facts. It's like, it's, she said it, it was recorded and it's released. Whether it was recorded with or without her consent, too late. If you treat people like shit, eventually they're going to fucking whip out their phone and record you. Well, you know, I have news for everyone that that got those cease and desist orders. And since now, not orders, excuse me, letters. Um, Instagram messages. Let's be clear. She doesn't have. How can you send somebody a cease and desist <laughs> without their address? Like, it's OK, who, so that, that's hysterical. No, he, yeah, no, they did it on Instagram. But OK, I just want to say, you know, to anyone concerned who received one of those like the, the the reality is, is if you are going to um, do a civil litigation in a jurisdiction where you're going to go after, you know, a slander libel case based on something like this, first of all, you have to prove that it isn't the truth, that, that there aren't facts behind it, which would be very difficult to do um, in this situation. But but even beyond that, and I'm not a lawyer, but I can tell you just from trying to do my own libel slander case, what that's like, because I did. Um you spend a huge amount of money. It's a very difficult case to win. And in the end of the situation, in order to try the case, all your dirty laundry comes out. So I would doubt very highly that Coach Shaw working for, you know, basically a, a team that everything is public record wants, you know, a very public lawsuit <laughs> you know, about Jen Shaw screaming <laughs> at people, right. you know, when he's supposed to be a level-headed, very reasonable, uh, extremely intelligent, highly motivating, very positive coach. Right. Right. So um, my feeling, you know, the best advice at this point for uh, Jen is to go and get some anger management. So I'm going to suggest a show idea for her. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to suggest that she changes her whole storyline from uh, being uh, a minority that's been uh, in through hell in, uh, in the Mormon community to um, I have a horrific temper issue and I'm going to uh, tent, terror or anger camp. What do they call that, Casey? 
I have no idea, but terror camp is yeah. very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like when you terrorize people, you go to this place and they teach you not to terrorize people anymore or may or be angry. So that's the <laughs> call it an anger management retreat. Right. Yeah. So we're, terror she's going to go on an anger management retreat and there'll be people like Jason and Freddy Krueger there and she'll go there with them. Don't fuck with the Chuck. Oh my God. And they'll learn how to control their temper together. Okay. So that's what her new storyline mm. is. Now, maybe people will forgive her if she does that. And that's the only thing I can possibly think of. Um, but I really want Heather to come for her. Heather, you better go for her, girl. That's all I'm going to say. You better take her ass out. So yeah. Casey, what do you think um, about Jen berating Koa? Do you like her? I love Jen Shaw. That's why I changed <laughs> my name on this Zoom to Jen Shaw. I'm a huge Jen Shaw fan. I really no, want I crickets so badly right now. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm, I'm done with her yelling. It's just too much for me. That's well, a- I think I don't eat. Okay. So when I see Jen Shaw dress up in fashion, even Koa's fashion, and it's like shit hot, she just looks like a little mean baby, you know, <laughs> like dressed up in nice stuff, but like a mean baby. I don't know how to explain it, but that's yeah. what she comes off to me. But like, I kind of want to see like, a, you know, a different character. I, you know, I'm really voting for Angie Harrington. I'm like begging. Me I'm too. Bravo, bring Angie in to replace Jen because yes. I know already that Lisa is going to be so jealous because she is good friends with her. And I know Angie is going to like win everybody over. They didn't she got cut her. out. Yeah. She got cut. I'm like, I love her so much. Yeah. She's a real housewife. Like Jen, we don't, we're not even seeing her be a mom to any kid. Like, her kids are grown and she's just a shit stir and she's a monster. So I'm over it. I want Angie. I think, Le- well, I think Lisa and Angie will end up, they're good friends, but I think they'll end up having a huge fight on the show because it, it you know, it just does that. Totally. So I think they'll originally have their back, but then jealousy will come in and it'll like blow up. Angie has real housewives <laughs> of New Jersey, Jackie vibes. No. Yeah. No, for real. Yeah, totally. She's totally loaded. She's super hot and elegant and she's going to bring it in like the way that no, all of a sudden she's going to be like, no, listen, she's going to be like like that. So I didn't, I didn't know. I thought you were saying it in like a bad way. I was like, oh no, no, listen, I love Jackie because I'll tell you why I love Jackie. Cause she's like on New Jersey. Cause she's like, nice, nice, nice. And she's like, so you're confident because you went to jail all of a sudden, like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, I love her. Or, or, you know, and then she's nice, nice, nice. Your daughter does blow in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, like that's So I kind of see Angie Harrington being that type of girl. Like, I, you know, she's super okay. nice, super bright. Yeah. And I think she'll take it and take it and take it. And then she'll nuke everyone. She'll just yeah. be like, all right, bitches, here it goes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's hope that happens. Oh, my gosh, guys. It's unbelievable. Jen Shaw has finally been arrested. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty exciting. That was one really big uh 
breaking news item, which we'll get to, obviously. Uh, but another thing that happened, which was uh, also breaking news, is a Black Girls Bravo podcast had Jen Shaw on their show like, a you know, maybe a week before she got arrested and Jen Shaw finally spoke publicly about, you know, the situation with COA. Right. So, you know, before we get into Jen Shaw's arrest, I wanted to ask you guys, did you see or did you see, did you hear a Black Girls Bravo podcast uh, that they did with Jen Shaw last I week? I did it listen, yes. Yeah. Well, you'll notice that they never did. It was called A Family Chat with Jen Shaw from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, part one. And in that episode, they say, well, we can't wait to get to part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, part two was supposed to come out on Tuesday. Oh, yikes. <laughs> and that, of course, Jen would not uh, be able to promote. I'm not sure if they were going to record it the same day or whatever, but part two disappeared into the abyss because Jen Shaw got arrested on that day. Mm. Yeah, so they released their podcast on Tuesdays. And unfortunately, I don't think we'll be seeing a part two or about COA. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, so what did you guys think? Let's start off with the Black Girls Bravo podcast because we have to acknowledge Jen Shaw's point of view since we started with, you know, a lot of COA going into it. And there's been some, you know, gossip that came out of that. So I wanted to find out, what did you guys think about that interview Jen gave? I kind of felt like, it was a little hard to follow her story because she kind of kept going like, but there's a lawsuit, so I can't really talk about it. And it was a little hard for me to know what exactly she's kind of accusing him of. I thought it was so painful. I was with you, Casey. It was, you couldn't follow any of her um, answers. They weren't logical and she was just deflecting. And I thought it was so funny because the black girls Bravo were like, we're here to hold you accountable, sis. Like it's a safe space, blah, 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 blah. And she gives these bullshit answers and tiptoes around the real truth and doesn't actually say anything that like makes any sense to me the most memorable part was she's like um i called my agent he's like don't worry your name's trending girl like you're happy that your name is trending about uh you know abusing your staff like so she must yeah. be so ecstatic that she's arrested by the feds and she's getting so much love and attention from people yeah <laughs> it, it, is, it, was, it was pretty brutal i mean i'm glad she apologized for the transphobic remarks like that was one good thing she did in the interview. Well, she um, could have gone on a story and done it the way a month before. You should apologize publicly to all of the LGBTQIA people who you offended and not do it on some podcast. It, so why, why did you, why do you scream at your employees? Why are there all these videos of you screaming at people? And it's right. just like, you, there's no, there was no kind of acknowledgement of any of that besides her saying, oh, he doctored the the audio to make it sound like I said something I didn't. Like, right. That. And she said she was going through a lot. There was a lot of things, moving pieces and all this other stuff. And she's like, everything was taken out of context. And like, you don't understand, like, yeah, the, but we've got the context. Like the context is that you were not getting what you wanted. You weren't paying your employees and you had unrealistic expectations and everybody had enough. And they finally whipped out their phones and were like, you know, this let's record her in the act of abusing us. And that's what happened. Well, I, okay. I have um, a 
possibly not so popular viewpoint on this particular subject matter based on you guys. Um, well, first of all, I want to congratulate a Black Girls Bravo podcast for getting John, Jen Shaw on. And um, I know, you know, it, uh, congratulations, ladies. Uh, you know, that was awesome. And I really enjoyed, uh, you know, their podcast. And I want to support uh, all podcasts. The podcast for me wasn't what it what I thought was going to come out of her making a statement and I thought we were going to get to the bottom of the issues and that's just not what happened. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're very, you're like very, you know, you guys are very difficult to please and I'm obviously not. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I want to hear your opinion. Okay. So here's what um, stuck out for me. First of all, Jen said that Koa had three state warrants for his arrest. Okay. Now I don't know if that's true because how come he hasn't been arrested but but I thought that was like a very uh, unusual thing for her to say. Okay. Did you guys pick up on the the three state warrants for Koa's arrest? No, I could said? I honestly couldn't follow a lot of what she said. Yeah. So she said that. And um, you know, she said she was paying him fifteen hundred dollars a week and then she stopped paying him because he wasn't delivering the goods and he was asking for numerous assistance to support him. And she just kind of felt like he was hustling her. And he, she, he asked if he could have a friend from Hawaii come down and help him. And that friend from Hawaii did come down and help him. And supposedly that friend is the one that took the videos, that, the videos and the voice recordings or whatever. Right. Um, and she said that the family had kicked him out. His family in Salt Lake City had kicked him out of the house and that he was living at her studio that she provided and that he took her equipment and then she called the police and filed a police report. And then he had to bring the equipment back of which she still doesn't have all the equipment and that she paid um, a lot of money to him and gave him use to a car, which he also destroyed without telling her and put in um, an insurance claim without telling her uh, on her own behalf. This is what Jen, you know, Jen's allegations are. So after hearing all that, I was like, okay, if, if that's true, you know, 80% of it, I could see where Jen was coming from the, from the perspective of, you know, being very frustrated and angry. I still think she screaming at people is wrong. I still think, you know, the 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 ridiculous temper tantrum shows that she's unhinged. But I do think that if you've been hustled and you are paying that kind of money over time, you know, you could see where Jen wasn't totally in the wrong with right. Koa. You, you could see where someone would snap. Right. And I think Koa... Um, you know, she said is using this victim situation to his advantage. Now, Koa recently went on an interview and I don't know if you guys saw this, but what he did was he said he was thinking about suing Jen for $30,000, um, for money that he didn't receive that he believes he's owed. Mm -hmm. So I think what we have to, to do with the Koa and Jen thing is I think on this, um, beef of the like last six months. <laughs> I think we have to kind of put it in this stalemate position. 
because yeah, see how it plays out. Yeah, because I need to see Koa sue Jen now. Now I want to see him step up and sue Jen. And the reason I want to see that is I want to see his evidence. I want to now see what Koa's into. And if he doesn't, I'm I'm gonna wonder what, you know, because sometimes, you know, unfortunately, there are two people in a situation and we as human beings want to make one person the winner right the right guy the good guy right but sometimes mm -hmm. there aren't necessarily good guys that are going up against each other like king kong and godzilla wow very yeah. very topical of you <laughs> yeah okay so I'm telling Did you, you. See that with your son recently? No, I didn't. But I just that's how I see it. You know, like they're both, you know, they're both like kind of not great all the time. They kill people and stuff. And so, you know, it's like not, you know, you kind of shouldn't care who wins, really, but right. you do. All right. So I, I say that, you know, I, I just wanted to say that to you both. Okay. So so that's where I I I hang my hat after hearing Jen's side of the story. And uh, but so Koa, um, Please, uh, if you're telling the truth and you're doing all these great things that, you know, you say you're doing, go ahead and sue Jen so we can see all the evidence and then, you know, we can move on. So now we're moving on to more exciting things. Eric, where were you when Jen Shaw got arrested? Oh, my God. Where was I? I think I was at the dog park. Where were you, Casey? I, I remember where you were because that's who, who I texted first. Um, Where was I? You were at Universal. With yeah, your... that's right. I was in line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you get out of line? What were you in line for? For one. Um, I think I was in line for Harry Potter because I did that ride so many times. I was so excited when I got home from Universal about this that I, you know, I did my confessional video. And um, I did it like as soon as I got back and my audio recordings. Guess what I did in my confessional video this week, you guys? I, I calculated Jen's sentencing um, guidelines if she gets actually guilty of the current indictment. Oh. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> So if you want to know what what Jen, if she was guilty of the Karn indictment, would get for a punishment, it's in my confessional. Done. On that's the way. Like, yeah, that's one of my special talents is I actually can calculate sentencing guidelines. There was a lot of secret innuendos by the prosecutor to the judge. And without ruining my confessional for the patrons, I will say that uh, those two things that were really important to the judge was that she was the most guilty in the scheme with Stuart Smith mm -hmm. and that she believed that the prosecutor believed that uh, five million was the beginning of the theft amount. Oh, yikes. Yeah. So just so you guys know, in um, punishment land, the amount of the restitution adds points. Like we have a video game system for punishing people. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know if you know that, but yeah, it's like, um, it's kind of like Pac-Man. It's like, you know, how many points do you've got? And if you have a lot of points, you get punished a lot. Okay. Wow. So you don't want a lot of points. You want to minimize your points. So when, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, pew, pew, pew. Um, so basically when Jen, um, 
when Jen got indicted with that $5 million number uh, being thrown out by the prosecutor, what that really secretly was saying to the judge in the arraignment was this is going to be a lot of time she's looking at if, if this is true, if we, if we go all the way with the hearing. Right. Yeah. And it seems like I was on that call. I feel like they're, the government is definitely looking to make an example out of her. And especially since she's on social media pretending to be so unbothered, I think they're definitely going to seek the harsher sentence. Well, what, without giving again, too much of the confessional video away, um, what they're going to do is they're going to uh, try to get more victims to come out of the woodwork with the press. They're going to see, um, try to get as much weight on the charges as they possibly can to pressure a plea deal on both Stuart and her. Right. But Stuart, they're going to try to flip first. So they're going to really put pressure on him. Right. Just to clarify, because I don't know if you said it, you said that Jen is the mastermind. She's at the top and Stuart's right below, right? Or They didn't did clarify. Get- they lumped them together. Okay. So, so they said um, they're both the most um, guilty of the right. scheme and of the scheme, meaning all of the related parties that, that have been also defrauding people. Cause this was, Charged, of, like, there was, I think four of them that already pleaded guilty. Yes. So I think, um, I think what's happening now is she's saying, you know, Jen and Stuart are actually in their opinion at the top of this total scheme outside of the indictment not just in the indictment. And then the reason the prosecutor would not say who's the most guilty out of Jen and Stewart is because the prosecutor wants to play them against each other. Okay. That's why they can't talk. Right. I was just about to say that. That's probably why they don't want them talking. That's right. So So to um, clarify, is Stewart the older gentleman that is like her personal assistant? Yes, the first assistant. That's Stuart. He's the one that was driving supposedly Jen's Porsche, but it turns out it was his Porsche. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Stuart owns a house, which he put up for collateral to the bond for him to get out of jail. Now, Jen Shaw has not put up her $250,000 yet. No. And, and what she I also think has to have someone co-sign for the bond of a million, which is- Two people yeah, co-sign. That's right. And well, I thought was what was funny was when they were figuring out both of their bills and they did Jen's first and then they're on Stuart and his lawyer is like, Your Honor, he's a simple family man with two kids and blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, Jen's got two kids. Like, is she not a, a mother? And like, he paints this like whole other picture like of Stuart. And I just thought it was funny because Jen's attorneys didn't take that route of trying to like downplay anything and be like, well, she's, you know, you know, like she doesn't have anything to put up. They need a couple of weeks to figure it out. And I thought it was funny that Stewart's lawyers were like, oh, he's such a good guy. He's a family man. Like he's lives modestly and has a small house and just two kids. Like, so does Jen, <laughs> you know? Well, Jen, the thing is, is that Jen depicted in the show that she was rich. So the prosecutor is it's dangerous for Jen's defense attorney to play that card because not because she's offending anyone watching the show, but because it already shows her to be a bit of a a false person. 
Do you understand? So the way that a a prosecutor is going to look at patterns, because patterns are really important in when you're uh, defending your life in the judicial system. (laughs) Um, Good to know. (laughs) Yeah, good to know. They're going to look for patterns. So they're going to say, well, Jen lied about her wealth. If if is so like if she didn't lie about her wealth, it, it like you know she's bought she's defrauded all these people and that's why she's rich, right? But if she lied about her wealth, then the prosecutor is going to say, "See, she's a liar." Gotcha. Okay. So the their her attorney is like you know dancing right now on a <laughs> delicate line of you know, and and the truth was that the way it works in America, we have uh, one of the most vicious judicial systems, no, like in, of any place in the world. Okay. And, um, the, the amount of, uh, time people are given is, is like 10 times any other country for, for a similar crime. So it's like really crazy, but what, um, yeah. Um, what, I see happening uh, with Jen and where I think she probably shit herself in the courtroom was when they said she was a flight risk. Because what that means is that the judge was saying to her, I'm seriously considering putting you in jail until your hearing or your trial. Okay. Now, why that is, is that they're going to say, well, you know, Jen is facing so much time that she could um, try to escape. Right. And so he wants to make sure that she, you know, would be in jail. So if they say you're not a flight risk, that's a really good thing because it means the judge is really trying to keep you out of jail till you're hearing. Right. When they say you are a flight risk, it means they're trying to challenge you to stay out of jail for your, until you're hearing. Okay. Damn. Yeah. So what that would mean for Jen, if she can't come up with this 250,000 and these co-signers, what that would mean for Jen is Jen would have to fight her case from jail. So I want you to try to imagine what that is like. (laughs) Is she going to have the cornrows? (laughs) Yeah. She's not going to definitely be getting her hair done. Let's just say that. Um, Eric, I want you to understand Casey also please understand that when people that are poor uh, in underprivileged areas go to get, you know, charges brought against them, usually they're not federal, they're state, but they can't afford their bail, right? Because they're poor and they have no one who can co-sign. They end up in jail and guess what they have to do from jail? They have to fight their case. And pretty much it's one of the most difficult things you'll ever do out of jail with money and in education. So try adding to that, that you have no education and no money and you're in jail trying to do it. Right. So you're going to end up likely uh, not too successful on that defense. Mm -hmm. And you're going to probably have to plea out. So I bring this up because a lot of times people don't understand the way our, our, our system works and how it impacts not Jen Shaw people other than Jen Shaw. In fact, people uh, that she's, you know, she said she's a minority and all this stuff. That's what what they tend to go through um, in underprivileged neighborhoods. So, Mm -hmm. but let's put that aside. That was like my deep moment there. Um, Jen is um, being challenged to stay out of jail to fight her case. If she stays in jail, they'll have to bring all of her case files into her and she'll have to, on camera and all this stuff, go through her case files and try to come up with her defense. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, that's how it goes. Oh my God. And yeah, you're privileged, but are you really? I mean, you're in jail and there's cameras and phones and, you know, everybody's recording every, I mean, you know, there is a, uh, there is actually talk that, and I don't know if it's true, but that the feds planted people in her quote unquote glam squad. I thought it was an assistant. Well, I mean, what the fuck her assistant glam squad, same difference, right? (laughs) They all, they do a million things anyways. Yeah. They cross pollinate. So. I just want to say that Jen Shaw is going to start um, her her defense attorneys are going to start going through the discovery that the prosecutors have. And her next uh, court hearing is going to be October 18th. And they're you know, they'll definitely her attorneys are going to push out the hearing or the, the jury trial as long as possible. So expect nothing to happen on October 18th. Some like bullshit argument about like, you know, the discovery, they don't have it all, or, you know, it was incomplete or, you know, the new, it wasn't numbered properly or some Mm. bullshit. And then I'll get pushed out again. This will be like a year and a half to two years before she finally goes. And, um, I would suspect that Stuart will do a plea deal first. So this is my, you know, speculation. I honestly really agree with that. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Now, if he does a plea deal first, that's going to put her in more jeopardy because um, it means that they don't really have to do a plea deal with her. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. he's going to stand up and go, I'm guilty and she's guilty too. That's pretty hard to argue in front of a jury, right? Right. They would have to show that his character is bad. And as we already have seen in the arraignment, what is Stewart's attorneys already setting up in the eyes of the court? That he's a man. He's such a good guy. And he's just a regular Joe, just like us. So in other words, if I set you up like that and you do your plea deal first, that implies that you're the least guilty. Therefore, the prosecutor could give you the plea deal first. Therefore, when Jen attacks your character, which is her only go to move, if it goes to a jury trial, she'll fail because he's already said, I'm a good guy. I'm, I don't have any lavish lifestyle. I'm a believable person. And so you cannot destroy my character because his character Mm -hmm. will become important as a witness against Jen. Mm -hmm. And And she even said it too, because she was like, Stuart would do anything for me. And she, you know, social, she was the, so active on social media and it's biting here in the ass because everyone's rolling the footage, like Lisa Barlow would say. And we have all the receipts of her saying all this stuff. So I mean, she can't like, I I mean, I would assume that they could use all that in the court, right? Yes. And I have some juicy gossip to share with you, Eric. You know, little Andrew, who I have, I I had on my show about Erica Girardi. Yes. Okay. So I love little rich blue blood Andrew. Okay. I'm going to just keep (laughs) adding like superlative adjectives in front of Andrew's name. But um, we always stay in touch, okay? And we haven't gotten like, you know, I like to really connect with people when I have them on the show to gossip. And so him and I have been throwing gossip at each other, but we haven't had one that we got like really into together, you know? But he said, he heard I was doing the show today and he was like, I just want to give you a little tidbit, you know? So I said, great, yeah. So Andrew heard, again, this is gossip, that Jen Shaw was actually removed from the Mormon church, not because of uh, her being Polynesian, but because she was trying to solicit 
uh, Mormon housewives who are looking for part-time jobs to do telemarketing uh, and man call centers for her, like to do the call center role. Oh my God. (laughs) And she was of course offering them money, you know, for doing that job. And the church wanted, I guess, a piece of the money, the Mormon church. Oh my God. Cause she, Oh my God. Right. And that there was some sort of, again, this is alleged arrangement with uh, the Mormon church that uh, they would get a percentage of these uh, members of their church working in this um, call center. And um, that's how it went. But apparently they found out that Jen Shaw was making a lot more than they realized off, I guess, of this effort. And that is why she was kicked out because she wasn't paying what they called the proper tithing to the Mormon church. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> oh my. Just spill the tea out there, girl. Okay. Uh, now we move on. And I want to talk about Bravo. Okay, and I want to talk about how they're handling this and, of course, Andy Cohen. So Bravo goes on the record with page six and they said, you know, we don't know where this came from with Jen Shaw. We're, <laughs> we're beside ourselves. You know, this came out of left field about Jen Shaw. And uh, we did Shed Media, who are the product, Shed Production, Shed Media, whatever their name is. They did numerous background checks like, you know, they went all, you know, like a really hardcore background check on Jen and they looked into her and, you know, so we're just blown away by this happening, you know, but we're going to continue to cover it because they confirmed that today. Right. But we're going to continue to cover this legal uh, this legal situation that Jen's in. Now, Andy Cohen goes on, you know, his podcast, Radio Andy or whatever, And he says his big thing is, oh, I just got in front of a microphone and I'm just, uh, you know, we're just going to let it unfold. I'm going to let it unfold, see how I feel about it, let it play out and hope it's not true. Okay. so what's what's interesting about that is Andy's now like like an audience member. Like he's taken himself in this statement and he's no longer the executive producer of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. He's now like in the audience, like, wow, let's see what happens with Jen Shaw. So I thought that was interesting. What do you think about that? Well, he was on vacation for two weeks. So I feel like he probably was disconnected a little bit. Um, Obviously, I think he knows what's going on. And I think that like Bravo and every Housewife franchise, they're going to exploit the hell out of it. I think any kind of publicity is amazing for them. I think they're going to use it and they'll get rid of Jen after the end of the second season. I think they're already filling her replacement with uh, Lisa's real BFF, who's named Jen. And I think you'll see other characters come in this season too. I think they're just working things out behind the scenes and they don't want to give too much away, but want to keep people still interested enough. But I think she's a liability. And at the end of the day, they're going to cut their ties with her. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk Turkey here. Okay. Cause I, again, I have to cut through this shit. You know, that show, uh, what's that show that Madison's on again? Southern charm. Yeah. So on Southern charm, um, 
there was already a lawsuit brought my patrons know because I did a whole thing on it. But Don, the nanny, had sued Bravo and the producers of that um, production company that, that did that for Bravo um, for not protecting her from people that had obviously, you know, what she felt were issues with like, you know, background problems, drinking, da, 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 da. So she actually did a civil litigation against Bravo and the production company saying that they didn't protect her. Okay. So I can guarantee that Bravo has to really stand strong in that they did protect all of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City members. And I'm talking about Heather Gay and Whitney Rose, and Meredith and Lisa from Jen Shaw, right? Because there is the ability to sue in a civil litigation if a production company isn't protecting you, you know, and, and is negligent in protecting you filming with someone. This is new stuff that's just coming out in reality, but they've been through it before. So I wasn't surprised that Bravo took the position that they had done this incredible background check and that Andy was going to take a position of like, I'm just watching it unfold. But the reality of the situation is we all, I knew before, uh, who's that lovely lady who's doing all this stuff about Jen? Van, we talk about her, Van Trees, Vaughn, what's her name? Reality Von Tease. Right. So before Via Reality Von Tease was doing all this great stuff, you guys all know that on my Instagram, I was posting Jen Shaw's LinkedIn and showing that she worked for Prosper Inc. and that Prosper Inc. had a DBA called Trump University or Trump U. And that from 2005 to 2011, she was director of business development, which would be lead generation for Trump U, Trump University which the feds investigated in 2011 for stealing people's money by making them sign up for loans and giving their own personal money towards doing the Trump University programs, which range from like a one-day program of 1,500 and a week program of 30,000. And she left in 2011, oddly, when they started investigating Prosper Inc., which then turned out to be a boiler room, which is where they do pressure telemarketing to get you to sign up for something. And they tend to target the vulnerable, which is what came out of that investigation. So, you know, drunk on my couch on, in September, you know, I found that out. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't take a lot when you look at someone's LinkedIn profile and see that they're related to a company in a position like that to know that there's probably some smoke around that person in this way. So I don't buy any of this bullshit that Bravo's saying to page six. I think that they didn't do any research. I think they shot, saw that she was unhinged, that she has like a, a marriage that may or may not be working perfectly with um, Coach Shaw. And they said, perfect, let's exploit it. I sent you some stuff too. Like I found some things online. Like I found her real address, like back, I think it was like September, October when we started talking and you yep. even- me something where like you we I mean we knew and you found her fake businesses we found all these things just on the internet so it's like it's it's out there you do a little deep dive and you can find it I don't think that they took the time to really vet the situation and they knew the house was rented and Bravo would have given her a hard time about that by the way because they don't like when people rent homes that they have to film in because right. it means they have to get what 
a permanent Perfect. location <laughs> release, a location right. release from someone other than you on the show. So they don't like that. So they wouldn't have let her off easy. They knew she rented that Shaw Shack, Shay Chalet, whatever the fuck. They knew that. And they knew it wasn't a real house. And, right. you know, that would have been a whole thing for them. Well, Meredith's house isn't her real house. She filmed in a rented property that Jen said she recommended to her through a friend. So, I mean, I think Bravo knew that these, they didn't all know how they knew they were filming a show. They wanted the women to bring some drama and do their thing. They knew what they were getting into. We knew the women were prepared and they knew that they didn't own those houses. Like, and even I looked up Lisa Barlow's house, like her house is very modest as well. Like she's not, her real house is not like super crazy. Like, you know, it's like, but all that stuff's public records. You can see all that stuff. Like a, a normal person can go and, and look into it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what's interesting too, just to bring it back to what happened when Jen Shaw was arrested, she, okay. So when you get arrested, um, just to, you know, just briefly tell you, uh, you go into a jail cell, you are, you know, you're checked in with the FBI. There's a whole thing that goes down with that, which I broke down in my confessional in detail. You go into the cell or whatever, and there's a whole thing that happens in there. And the people are really rough and it's not a pleasant experience. But at some point during that, they pull you aside and they give you an interview. Like you're trying out for a reality show, but instead you're doing your assets. And they ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so she was prepared. <laughs> yeah. So they ask you for a bunch of um, information, like what shares do you have? What companies do you have? What assets do you have? Right. So one of the things that really, I would imagine, caused a problem for Jen is that she'd be forced to fill out that questionnaire. They would say, do you want your attorney on the phone while you fill out the questionnaire or wait till you can have your attorney on the phone? And if she said no, or she said whatever, they would move forward with that questionnaire and they would, she would have to answer that question or honestly. And if she didn't, it would be another level of a, a possible fraud charge for her for not answering that properly. Now I understand that she answered that she had zero assets no property, no money. Now that I don't know for sure because I didn't see the document, but that's what is being stated. Right. So apparently she does not own any real property and she doesn't really have any, uh, you know, cash and she didn't maybe list all her companies. So already she's on the back foot because we've seen our what happens when you lie to a court with Teresa in New Jersey, right? Oh, <laughs> okay. Teresa was supposed to not go to prison. The judge wasn't sending her to prison. She was going to let her have a, a, a lighter crime punishment. And Teresa lied to the judge about an asset. I think it was a car. And the judge found out and was so upset that she said, I'm going to make you do a year in prison just to, to learn your lesson. Okay. So, so Jen, it looks like has lied on her financial form which the prosecutors are going to use. Make no mistake. They're right. already using it. That's why the judge said, I don't believe what Jen put down on the paper. Right? right. So, I mean, Jen's in really deep shit. And 
I don't want to give too much away. I will break all of this down again, like I said in my confessional video, but Jen is looking at, you know, 158 months in prison maximum and $175,000 court fine. And she's looking at um, if she gets indicted for the the two counts of money laundering and wire uh, fraud for the 5 million for elderly, because elderly actually makes your points go up more. And then she'll be made to pay back the entire amount. So her restitution will be 5 million starting. So yeah, lots some like, I mean, right. Yeah. So try to imagine like taking, you know, you're at the glam shots, but you're facing 158 months in prison. Now that is, that is how many years is is that? That's six years or what is it? I don't have a calculator. I don't have a calculator. That's right. It's like when kids are like my kids, 34 (laughs) months. It's like how old? It's actually between uh, 135 to 168 months with the current indictment if she doesn't plea. It's a zone D, level 33, 17,500 to $175,000 court fine. Uh, she'd have to um, pay back $5 million in restitution. And she would be facing 135 to 168 months. Like, and that's if she doesn't have any priors. 168 months is 14 years. Right. So that's the sentencing guidelines for the current indictment at maximum. Oh, my Jeez. God. Okay. So if she pleads, which she will, that'll go down probably to $5 million, I'm going to say five years. I'd say, yeah, around five or six years. But wait, but they're saying the maximum sentence was 30 years. Well, she they're they- saying they're saying the maximum sentence is 30 years because that's some made up bullshit. It, they don't know what the sentencing guidelines, how it works. No <laughs> one does. I love I love when they do this. Like the press is like, you know, I, you know, 50 million. They just pull some number out of their asshole. Really? It's that's not the way it works. OK, there's what they call base offense numbers and every crime that they put in has a base offense number. The number usually ranges between four and nine. From there, based on the amount that you steal or they deem that you steal or you sign a plea agreement that you stole or whatever it was, it goes up accordingly. A loss amount of five million is a plus 18 points. So if your base level offense is six and you go up 18 points because of five million dollars, right? You're getting in the high numbers now. Mm-hmm. Now, if you add victims to that number, the more victims you add, the more the number goes up. So what they do, which is interesting, is they'll give you one count, right? But the judge ultimately, if you're guilty, is going to ask the question is in, in, in the sentencing recommendation, how many victims were affected? If it's over 100 victims, it goes up six points. Okay. If the victims are of any uh, race, color, religion, ethnicity, gender, or um, age related um, offense, like meaning you're targeting someone for their race, color, religion, ethnicity, whatever, it goes up by three. Okay. So in Jen's case, 
it looks like she has about a base offense level of six, a loss amount of five million plus 18. Offense resulted in substantial financial hardship to 100 victims plus six. The defendant intentionally selected any victim that's elderly plus three. Total offense level for this count is 33. That puts her at a zone D level 33 history I. Now, the only thing she can do to mitigate that which the plea deal people will be keeping in mind is to lower the loss amount and prove that she actually used the money uh, in some legitimate fashion and didn't just take it. And there was a real product that she was like making for these people to lower the victim amount or to prove that she didn't actually isolate vulnerable people like the elderly. If she doesn't do that, then she's looking at 135 months to 168 months period the end i am so turned on right now you are legally blonde and i'm <laughs> all right i love you guys i just hate when people talk shit on the like you know the bloggers and even the writers like they just don't know what the fuck they're even talking about it's it's amazing to me that you know everybody should just get arrested once so they understand the judicial system that's all i can say all right well it depends on what you get arrested for by the way all that stuff that i just said doesn't even include the collateral damage to jen so what is the collateral damage oh my god you know you won't be accepted in any homeowners association they won't let you move in there uh you can't get a job anywhere because they're going to say that you're, you know, not good because you have now this crime. Um, you can't be involved in categories of any industry, in her case, telemarketing or anything related to education or whatever she's been bullshit selling. Um, you know, you can't, you, if you have a, a child, you lose custody of the child. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> so, I mean, the collateral damage which they call, uh, there's a term for it, if you guys want to know what that is. And um, it's called civilly dead. And so any person who goes through a situation, generally speaking, and I mean generally because some people can claw their way back and fight with their intellect and everything and win, but it's very few and far between, um, you know, it's called collateral uh, damage and civil death. So wow. at the end, you become civilly dead. You have no vote. Anyway, it's just something to think about. I like to educate everybody who listens so that they can be brighter than most and then they can have empathy and use it to, you know, for good. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and if we can learn this from Jen, then great. I have a listener challenge. Yeah, my challenge is I want to understand once and for all, I've mentioned it before, what is Volaire Group LLC that Jen Shaw is a member of? What is it? So I'm challenging people to find out what Volaire Group is. V-O-L-A-R-E Group LLC. Okay. So now we're going to move on, you guys, because I had this idea, which was that um, I wanted to look up Mastery Pro Group. And do you guys know what Mastery Pro Group is? Yeah, I oh. saw that. So Mastery Pro Group was um, stated to be uh, part of what Jen Shaw was using to steal uh, money. And what it was, was basically, I guess that, you know, as the name says, like a way for her to 
bring you to a new level of mastering something. I don't know, like give you a business or whatever. So that was the name of the company. That's the company that the feds believe the 5 million, which is thus where I did my sentencing guidelines on, uh, came from. And so I went and did a deep dive on Mastery Pro Group, and I found that they have two complaints with the Better Business Bureau, and they really lay out what happened to the victims. So I thought everybody might want to know what, what happened to the victims. Shut second. up. Oh, my God. Yes. So this is Better Business Bureau for Mastery Pro Group, LLC. This one is December 8th, 2020. My name is blank. I am 76 years old and have a memory problem, so I hope this is... This is as correct as I mean it to be. In my desire to earn an income from home, I was involved with several companies, all charging me thousands of dollars. It started with a company named Online Education. I made it very clear that I was marginally computer literate and had a high learning curve because I didn't have any sales experience on or offline. They assured me they would work with me and were going to coach me through selling things online. At some point in our lessons, Lance put me in a touch with mastery pro group who the fuck is lance it's probably stewart Ooh. <laughs> they said that they didn't let some students go on to this opportunity because our success was their success and i would need to make a recommendation when i finished I told him I wanted to do it, but I was concerned about running up my credit card because if I didn't make money pretty quickly, I wouldn't be able to make the payments. He said not to worry about the credit payments. They had plenty of opportunities to move the expenses over to my business account. He said there were three levels. And after talking to him a while, we settled on the middle option for $3,995. I was given a... Raquel A. Blank as a customer web support person. She talked to me about using the blank advanced search to access long list of vendors that might have drop shipping opportunities. I needed to find a sales niche, she said. Frankly, I really didn't have a clue what I would want to sell except anything that was legal, moral, and would yield me a reasonable profit. I truly tried to decide on a niche, quote, by going down the list of wholesalers for hours and hours. I just didn't care as long as I could make a profit. Honestly, and probably ignorantly, I had thought that they had niches and I was just going to choose one. Rachel want, Raquel, excuse me, wanted me to research suppliers. And when I found one that had some products that interest me to go to the website and find products. And when I found one to go to eBay and make a comparison with the price they would charge me and the price I thought I could sell it for. She said to find three, quote, sold items that were the same as the item I found on the supplier site. I should average the three prices, the item it sold on eBay, and then use the eBay fees calculator to see if the amount I got from averaging the eBay sold item compared to the amount the supplier was going to charge me Plus, my sales charges would yield any profit. Anyway, Raquel was less helpful after a while. I told her that I felt I had been very honest about the fact that I'm not familiar with any of the process and had been led to believe that it would not be difficult, but it was, and due to the fact that I had no experience in any of the selling processes. I was finding it daunting, and I had not been able to find a supplier I could make profit on. She said she would do her best to help me, but people do online selling all the time. She said 
She had a directory of suppliers, so she was sure we could find at least one supplier with profitable items. The only suggestion she made was a supplier blank. I was excited and went to their site. It was a maze of product, but I could not get to their price list or the picture and the description of the item. I told her I needed her to help me move through the maze of blank and because I was totally stuck. She never responded to that. Finally, I got a hold of a guy named Eric don't remember his last name. And I just unloaded on him because he said he was actually just a web guy, someone who set up my website when I was ready. I told him I was not getting the cooperation I wanted and I didn't really have a niche. I told him at that point, I really didn't care what I sold as long as I can see some sales. I had a credit score of 760 when this whole thing started and now it was 560. I said I had been very aggressive in my search until my anxiety level was so high, my hands shook, and I was very discouraged. My son said these guys are just one step short of a scam. The list they gave me could be found on the internet. Eric said he would contact Raquel about finding one or two suppliers that you know will give some kind of profit and for her to hold my hand to complete a listing to give me time to find others on my own without bankruptcy. Rachel Raquel did contact me after that and said she would be happy to help me with any questions I had. So I told her what Eric had said. Her response was that she suggested that I should go back and watch the webinars in the e-library, that they would walk me through all the questions I had. She said she would call me the next morning and asked what time was a good time to call. I said 9.30 a.m. I didn't hear from her the next morning and I sent an email asking if we had a 9.30 appointment for that morning. I did not receive an answer from Raquel and the webinars she suggested were not online at that time. I feel like I was just dragged through the mud. I don't feel they were honest and I was never able to use their system and they were of no real help. They just like the others made it sound so easy and really I think their goal is to just frustrate you until you give up. I never found anything. Their services were useless and I want my money back. After speaking with another company, the owner himself refunded me and agreed that I had no business with an online business and he was quite shocked that anyone would sell one to me. That's one. And um, I just want to say that the prosecutor points out in the um, in the indictment that one of the tactics used was that you could never get your money back. So they would um, keep you on an endless tip of like not being able to recover or get anywhere. Like you should try this. You should keep going with that so that there would be no dispute. It was a, that was part of the scam. Okay. So you guys, what comes out of this is, is something that the indictment is stating, which is that, you know, the perpetrators of this fraud used, um, an endless amount of excuses. They sold no real product. They gave no real education and they gave you a bunch of excuses that you wouldn't, uh, get to the point where you would say that it was their fault. So the con is it's not your fault. It's, it's your fault, not their fault. And that's the con. And elderly people um, like this poor gentleman who's 76, you, you know, could fall for that. And in this particular case, this gentleman didn't. But the reason that they would have targeted elderly people becomes apparent because they would go, oh, it's because of me. Because I was old and I couldn't understand but the truth is they were never selling anything you could understand. Right. That's so sad. So hold your grandma and grandpa tight tonight. Oh. So, 
you guys, um, I was thinking, why would Jen Shaw want to continue to, you know, shoot the show? Why do you think she would want to do that? I think she's a sociopath and I think she believes her lies and she's delusional. And I think she loves the attention more than Lisa Rinna. So to her, she is in heaven, despite what's happening. She thinks like she's just going to ride this out and all attention is good attention. And she's going to be the next Teresa because she walked so she could run. Right. Well, that was what, that was her text that she said um, about Teresa before any of this happened. But Teresa, her, her crime that she did was, was so much less. It would be like a speeding ticket versus, you know, running someone over. (laughs) So I'm not sure that the Teresa, uh, you know, there's not really any similarity there. I think Teresa probably would say that uh, herself. Right. Um, She wasn't scamming people. She like, she signed her name to something, her, husband told her to sign allegedly you know like it's two different things they're not the same crime at all but people are out there trying to compare well her she had bankruptcy fraud it's way less there's no one right. hurt in bankruptcy fraud you know right she, it, it, in the way that they did it if there was believe me it would have been worse um and and look at what joe got four years i mean that's a long time right that's a long right. time it's a whole cell phone series they change your whole cell phone. In time. <laughs> um, but I, I, I have one more thing I want to ask you guys. Um, I, well, I want to say that I think she was, I think she'll end up being casted on a show about her going to jail and she'll end up being a great star in that show. <laughs> and, and I want you to know that's a real thing when they hear that like anyone famous is gotten arrested, like all these shows from like A&E reach out and they're like, Hey, you know, if you want to go on TV as you're going into jail, we'd love to shoot it. (laughs) No way. Yeah. Really (laughs) happens. Yep. So Eric, a lot of people have been commenting, how could coach Shaw be married to Jen Shaw for like 20 years and not know anything about this? What do you think? Cause you have some insider scoop. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't buy it. I think he, there's some reasons why he's staying together with her, but I think he 100% knew. I think when they sold their $213,000 house and started renting out a chalet, you know, I think he, he knew something was up. I think, you know, I think she's behind it. I think when you love somebody and they're, you know, I've dated a narcissist myself and they're very, very convincing with their words. The problem is their actions don't match up. And I'm the kind of person, and as you know, I hold people accountable. And that's why I was like, Jen, fuck you, bye. And I don't imagine how the man's been able to be like, I don't know any of this. And I love you. And you're an amazing person. Because if your words aren't matching up, like that doesn't, he's always like, oh, you have such a good heart. Like there's a point where you're, you know, you have to just see people at as who they are, not who you want them to be. I don't think he's that ignorant. I don't know. So, you know, the question is, are they, you know, they, they obviously he, he isn't on the, the emails or anything like that. But the question is, did he, you know, did he know it? So I just want to talk about pre-supervision. Uh, do you guys understand 
Eric and Casey, do you guys understand what pre-supervision means? Absolutely not. Not at all. (laughs) Okay. So where you see all these like bloggers, God bless them, trying to report, they're like all over the shop. Okay. They're like, oh, she didn't go to jail for, you know, okay. Right now, Jen is, is in a sort of probation. Okay. It isn't probation technically, but it is like probation. Pre-supervision has a lot of the stipulations that Jen Shaw was given by the judge. And it's basically a form of uh, probation, but it isn't probation. So what's going to happen to Jen now for the next year and a half to two years while she goes through this process is she is not going to be able to take out any debt. She is not going to be able to spend over $10,000 a month. She can only pay her attorneys. Her attorney costs, just so you know, if she doesn't go to hearing, will be $250,000 on the low end, cash. If she goes uh, to hearing, to to jury trial, it'll be $600,000 to be able to, to survive it. Why now, does she have three lawyers then? Like, that's a lot of money. Right. So the question is, you know, are the offshore accounts paying for it? I mean, she's, I don't know who's paying for it. I really don't. I don't understand that. Ronald Richards mentioned that in his Twitter. I don't get it either. I think that's weird. But I mean, we're talking about a $650,000 expenditure. And the lawyers um, require about $100,000 down to start. Okay. You have to have cash, 100K. Uh, and Damn. yeah, so like if you're thinking like it's, a, you know, she's in a really good headspace, like she isn't. Okay. And I'm sure Coach Shaw is having to pay all this money, you know, off his, off his secured salary. But anyway, she goes into pre-supervision and what happens is she'll be given a cop and the officer is going to make her turn over all her passports to him. He's going to ask her to check in with him um, once a month to make sure she's living where she says she's living. Uh, They're going to make it so that if she can't speak to Stuart, she can't uh, take excessive uh, alcohol, she can't do drugs. All of those would be violations. Immediately, she'd be put in jail. She can't take out any loans. She can't do anything in any businesses that she's done before, except what which are not related to the indictment. And she has to actually like fill out forms and she has to explain all of that in order for her officer to allow her to continue. So although that didn't play out in court, all the stuff that I'm talking about plays off with the officer. Okay. So she's going to have to explain how her eyelash company is not related to like, you know, taking people's money and all these things. Well, she took them offline. She took a couple of her businesses offline. She took off Shaw Lashes and she took off um, Shaw Beauty, her skincare. She's got Shaw Merch Up still, which is like you can buy the Shaw Squad gear if you're really that (laughs) desperate. But she took those other businesses offline. I wonder if they're connected to that scheme or if she had taken money from those other people and put them into those businesses. And that's why she took them off. 
because their websites are down. Well, that's what happens. So the way that um, the United States government looks at your businesses when you have an indictment is they they basically assume all the money that you have is illegal until you can prove otherwise. So her position right now is like everything she has is illegal. And then she has to work her way back from that. I mean, whatever happened to innocent until proven guilty, they're like, no, you, you stole $5 million. We got to no, account no. for it. But this is why I, I want to share this with all of you guys. I'm trying to give you like a little bit of an independent view. This is not in this episode is not about, you know, bashing Jen as a criminal. This is about me sharing with you guys how the judicial system in the United States of America works so that you can understand it. You decide how you feel about Jen's indictment and Jen herself on your own, you know, after you see the facts and it plays out. But I'm telling you the system in this podcast so you can, you know, weigh in on that. That's really the the purpose of this episode more than Jen. You know what I mean? Love it. Yeah. So you're right. You're not innocent until proven guilty, truly. You are guilty until proven innocent. And the reason for that is that the consequences happen at the point of the indictment for everyone and not at the point of the jury trial or the plea deal signing. By then, it's all, you know, over pretty much. So very interesting, something to think about, especially since something you guys may not know, to get an indictment, a prosecutor only goes in front of a jury and shows one side of the case. And the side of the case that they show is the the prosecutor side. So when someone gets an indictment and their life is destroyed, it actually happens when the prosecutor um, shows only one side of the case, <laughs> which is crazy. So in other words, if I wanted you, Eric, to like attack you, I could, you know, I could say Eric is a jerk and Eric is mean and Eric is all these things. And then everyone goes, you know what? I don't like Eric either. He's mean. He's a jerk. Let's indict him. Like, you know, like pretend that's a crime. Right. That's all it would take. And I could nuke your life. And that's wow. what's meaned by the weaponization of the judicial system and uh, the Justice Department. And that's what we've seen play out in politics recently. So anyway, there it is. Now, in Jen Shaw's case, uh, I'm, that's not to let, you know, what's happening with her off the hook, but it's to educate everybody so you guys know what's happening, you know, and you can stay, you know, um, fair, right? And for Jen Shaw, I hope that she's already talking a plea deal although her attorneys are going to tell her to wait because I think she did get herself involved in this. And I think she probably rationalized it away, but I think if she flips before Stuart Smith does, she'll have a good chance. Oh, that's the only way, right? I mean, she's got to be the first one. If she doesn't, she's going to jail for a long, long time. And the last thing she's going to give a shit about is a fucking blowout. (laughs) Casey, any concluding remarks? (laughs) What other housewives would you love to see in prison with Erica and Jen? Lord. 
That's Ooh, a good, good question. Oh my God. Wow. I love it. Let me think. Eric is in jail already. Yeah. Like, let's say it's Erica, you know, the cast start out, starting out is just Jen and Erica. Who else do, would you like to join? Okay. If I was to do the real housewives of jail city, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have Sonia Morgan. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would do Teresa cause she's got street cred. Um, I would do uh, Erica, Jane, Girardi, Chahoy. Yeah, she's in there. I, I think I need Ramona in prison. Okay, oh. let's. Oh, God, I love it. Let's put Ramona yes. in prison. Yeah, you this know, is, she would be so annoying in there. Oh, my God. She'd be like, oh, my God, I'm not eating this much. Like, yeah, like <laughs> the showers are too cold. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, that's our that's our uh, Real Housewives of Orange jumpsuits <laughs> <laughs> i could be a friend, <laughs> a friend yeah talking through that glass <laughs> <laughs> just make me the friend and on that note that's a wrap come on